Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, everybody, and welcome to Show and Tell. It's time to check in with makers and crafters and hackers and sewers and people from around the world who want to come by and right. show and share their projects. What's called Show and Tell. So we're going to have some people from Adafruit. We're going to have some people from DigiKey. That's right. We're going to have some people from the community. It's going to be a fun, right. full hour. We've been doing this for about a decade, show and tell. People around the world show and share their projects every single week as part of our Adafruit live series of shows. We have Ask an Engineer. We have Show and Tell. We have 3D Printing. We have John Park's Workshop. We have Scott's program, um, Deep Dive in Circuit Python, and more. Yeah. And all of our other content that we do every single week. Yeah. Um, but thank you for joining us. Uh, we've moved the format from a half an hour to a full hour. Um, we're going to stick with this, um, mostly because we, there's so many people showing each other their projects each week. And uh, thank you for being part of this journey with us, everyone. First up, Sean. Sean. Hey, Sean. How's it going this week? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. H hanging in there. All we are right. here. We are doing this. Sweet deal. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. And I'm excited to show updates to my project. I think I was on last month showing off my anomaly detection system. So I'm going to share my screen, get, get everybody caught up to what I've been working on. Yeah. Yeah, you had that cool fan thing and machine learning and doing much stuff. Yeah, exactly. All right. So. All right. Am I sharing screen? Are we good? Yes. Screen is shared. Good deal. So this is what I've got sitting up on my fan right now. And it's a it's an ESP32, Feather Huzzah 32, and kind of like what I had last time, right? I, I've got the accelerometer, the MSA301, um, that's just grabbing data. It's just grabbing about 200 samples per data in the X, Y, and Z uh, axes. And then that's just being fed to that ESP32. Now, the difference this time is last time I was piping that data over Wi-Fi from the ESP32 to my computer, where my computer was doing all the machine learning to determine if there was an anomaly on my fan or not. I've yeah. moved I've moved that model over to the ESP32, so the machine learning is all being done locally. There is no Wi-Fi connection anymore, um, and so here's here's you know here's the setup. I've got it up on a fan, something like this. And I've trained a model, this machine learning model, to look for anomalies. And this is kind of what your XYZ axes look like um, in a raw format. And I'm using something called an autoencoder, which I won't get into here. It's just some fancy <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so if you tune into my channel, I'm, I've got like, you know, hour-long presentations on how autoencoders work. No. Yeah. They're, they're really cool. The idea is I can train this model on my laptop to look for anomalies. And then I, it's basically a file. It's just a C byte array that I copy over to my ESP32. I load that onto the um, the fan, and then I just let it run. And so this is kind of what it looks like right now. I took a picture of this earlier. It's just taped to my fan. I collected data. That's fine. Fine. Sweet. And it's and it's um just it's running this machine learning algorithm, and and there's no Wi-Fi. So I'm gonna go ahead and see if I can give the demo now. So I'm gonna stop sharing the screen. I'm going to give the live demo when we all pray that everything works on demo day, right? Well, so. <laughs> we do this show every. We a lot if you We don't. do this show every week, and so I kind of feel like if it doesn't work out, then you have something to do next week. That's true. It's it's all a learning process, right? right? So it's running, and it thinks it's in normal operation. I'm going to go ahead and touch this. Can you hear that buzzing? Yeah. yeah. So that's letting me know that an anomaly has occurred. And and similarly, I can I can actually like 
oops, break the chain on my fan. That's perfect. If it goes to a different uh, mode, it, like the fan's on high right now, and if I turn it off. That's an anomaly. That's an anomaly. For yeah. There's all sorts of anomalies happening. It's also a broken chain detector. It does all sorts of things. <laughs> It's awesome. Perfect. And my dog does not like that beeping noise. No, like, no, no one likes it. Your dog is an anomaly anomaly detector. <laughs> At all. Okay. Is it stopped or is it okay? I'm going to have to actually kill this because that noise is. Well, that's why people you keep it on, right? So it's easy yeah. to, to remove. Yeah, exactly. So I've, I've had a, a few people. So, Lamore, last time you said this would be good in something like a compressor, which is a great idea. And I had somebody reach out to me saying like, hey, I'm, I'm interested in experimenting with this thing on something like a uh, a, a plane engine. I, I can't remember if it was a turbine or a basic prop, but trying to determine if there's something wrong with it in flight, which would be really cool. So potential uses for something like this um, anomaly detection on a motor or a bearing, um, I think I hopefully it inspires some people to look into uh, more applications. I totally agree because it's like often, you know, with bearings and, and motors and, and compressors and other mechanical things, it's like they're really good until just like you get like one day warning and then they die. Like you get you often don't get a lot of warning, but you do get some like there is some slight change in performance right before it fails. But people, especially if they're they're not used to it or they don't know what they're looking for, they're like, oh, whatever, the compressor's just acting up today. And then it's like the next day it's gone. They don't realize like that was your warning. Yeah, and a lot of times that's you know you as a human, your capability to hear it, see it, feel it as to what's going on, and the idea is can we train machines to look for that? Yeah, especially if it's built into you know the comp compressors are a couple thousand dollars. You know, if it's ten dollars to add, you know, fuzzy logic failure detection, that'd be great. All yeah, right, exactly. Done. Thank you. All right. Um, if people want to find out more about this project and some of the stuff you're up to. What's the best place? So I most of this stuff is going on to digikey.com slash en slash maker. That's their maker.io site. And it's also on YouTube for YouTube doc, at youtube.com slash user slash digikey. Um, I'm going to be posting all of this code on the, those as well. I'll make sure to go into the Discord. And I believe there's another live stream that I can post links to the tutorials and code for all of this. Oh, good. Can you hear me that down there? I do have one thing, just speaking of digikey. So, um, they were super nice. They said, you look like you could use a care pack. I don't know if I look tired online or something like that. So they have these They have these work from home care packs. And they. Uh, I think they sent these to their teams that uh, were working from home. Um, but I collect some, you could probably tell my hobbies are revolving around electronic companies. Um, so it comes with all sorts of things. This is a really cool mouse pad. Look at this, this is like so cyber. <laughs> uh, you get a mouse pad. Um, they have DigiKey playing cards. So I do have a small collection of uh, electronic company playing cards. So I'm adding it to that. And then they have um, some headphones, and then they have um, this, like, insulated cup. So uh, I wanted to thank DigiKey for sending this out to us because we, we work at the factory, but we also work at home too. And they also have some um, uh, hand sanitizer. <laughs> Perfect. So anyway, yeah. special special shout-out and thanks to, to DigiKey for sending that along. And... Uh, this reminds me, you know those old graphic card um, boxes that have like the like the, the amazing graphics on the side, and you would buy you would buy the graphics card and because the of that. And the box is like this big. And yeah. The card was like this small. It reminds me of that. It's really cool, and I like this. It's like, hey, we're friends. So okay. Hey, we're friends. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sean. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Right on.
Let's go to Aaron. Hello, Aaron. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I uh, let's see. I just wanted to come and show off my new mask. Mask, 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 masks uh, look like they're kind of here to stay. Um, this one, I just did a new tutorial that I just uh, launched this week, and it has a window. Um, the window has anti-fog in it, so you can talk and talk and sing little songs and do all your things, and it uh, it, it won't fog up, which is pretty cool. And uh, the whole thing is made with no sewing. I just used glue, and then um, I actually stapled it on the sides. Yeah, this is something uh, which that is we, we pretty cool. It's really easy to make. We, we had people contact us and say, hey, you know, I'm hard of hearing or I lip, you know, somebody I know lip reads, but these masks make it harder to emote. So I thought like this would be a cool thing to show off. You're like such a good crafty person. I was like, I know you'll come up yeah, with it. It's much easier to communicate in, that's for sure. Like uh, just even if you aren't hard of hearing, like uh, a lot of people are just visual people and you want to see people's faces when they talk, you want to know if they're smiling, anything like that. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty helpful for that. And um, I, I did it with no, like I said, no sewing. I my, my husband watched the video and he's like, this is so easy, even a man could make it, which I thought was hilarious. That's true. <laughs> That's what we were gonna use as the aid for tagline, but we decided to use it. Yeah, the original thing was gonna be electronic so easy, a girl could do it. And at the time that would have been okay. Um, it would have been like kind of in your face, like, oh my God. Um, but now, you know, all the engineers I know are women. So it wouldn't have been, you know, that tagline wouldn't have made sense. Um, one thing that uh, about this project and kind of what you're saying is a lot of folks, they want to be able to see if someone's smiling, get more, you know, um, uh, physical cues. Yeah. Uh, I heard that juries, jury selection is going to be a little tougher because um, the people who select juries, they look at the people if they're smiling, body language, all sorts of things. So um, I think like what Aaron said, I think masks are here to stay. I think a lot of us are probably like, yeah, masks are going to be here for a bit. So this is just a, yet another thing to explore um, with this real estate that we have that we're kind of, you know, modifying and changing. Um, New York is very fashionable and it's now summertime. We're seeing an entire menagerie of masks being made. There's ones, I saw one today, it was like a hula skirt on top of a mask. It was awesome. That's so awesome. anyways, thank you so much, Aaron. We'll be playing that video uh, tonight during Ask an Engineer as well. All right, thanks, Aaron. Okay, next up, JP. All right, JP has a mustache mask. Oh, uh, yes I do. And, uh, <laughs> All right, how's it going? It's going well, thank you. I've got uh, a couple things to show. So uh, I had done for the, the past couple of weeks, I've shown off this really large scale protest sign, which uses one of our uh, LED matrix displays and I'm, and I'm displaying graphics on there. And this is using our CircuitPython um, library to talk to use the display IO and talk to these, uh, these RGB matrix displays. Um, yeah. I also had a, a smaller one and I wanted to start just Going through and learning how we're how we're talking to these things using text, using scrolling, uh, using other methods, and so uh, I'm I'm doing like kind of almost the hello world of this, which is just I'm I'm kind of blinking between two different lines of text, um, and I may eventually turn this into a more um, elaborate on-air project. But I feel like on-air is something a lot more people could use now because they're in conference calls and Zoom chats and things like that. Yeah. Uh, People might want to have a way to throw something like that on their door. Um, and the the uh, board I'm running this one on is actually our Airlift Metro M4. So this has Wi-Fi on it. So there's the potential to uh, have it as sort of an IoT display. And that could even just be as simple as, as being able to send it the command of whether you're on air or not. Or it could be um, doing something more sophisticated than that to, to determine if you're on air, like on a YouTube channel that's gone live, that kind of thing. Uh, and we've done projects like that before, but I thought it would be cool uh, to try one myself and, and maybe update um, 
for the CircuitPython version of these because we've done them in Arduino before. So that's just a, a kind of a teaser of something I'm working on a little bit. Um, and if, if I can, I have one other thing I wanted to show. Yeah. Uh, I got a PCB in the mail from Cedar Grove uh, Studios, and this is for a new clock. So I had made this little um, Metro-based clock a long time ago, and it's the shop clock in my workshop. Um, Cedar Grove updated that to run on CircuitPython with a real-time clock and a feather, and it's going to use one of these big honking displays. So I'll be putting that together eventually, and I'll have a nicer, newer, better clock, I think, because the, the current one I have to actually open up the sketch in Arduino to update my daylight savings time twice a year. So this one does that automatically. It's more sophisticated and, and uh, has some nice trouble. So yeah, so that'll be fun. Okay. All right. And, uh, I'll be out. Uh, there will be no John Parks workshop tomorrow. I'll be out for a couple of days of uh, sort of vacation and kayaking. That's right. Okay. And then um, next week shows on Tuesday, it's make code and then back to your shows on Thursday. And then Absolutely. one programming update, um, the make code show is going to be on Twitch um, going forward. Mixer is going uh, to be part of Facebook gaming. So our friends That's at Microsoft right. said, uh, broadcast the Make Code show on Tuesdays. So you'll see that. We'll get the word out and everything, but that's one of the upcoming. That's that's okay. a fact. Yep, definitely. All right. Thank you All so right. much, Ruby. Okay, you thank you. All right, next, next up, up is Scott. Scott. What you got going on? Hello. I've got two things. Uh, first, uh, as folks know, I've been working on the ESP32 S2, and I was working on SPY and was having a lot of trouble, but I managed to get SPY working, which is exciting. Uh, so what you can see here is uh, just the REPL output actually on the on the display there, um, and that's so. So that's coming from the Sala here with my Featherwing adapter, and the camera is definitely not super happy, but uh, you can see that it works, which is exciting. It's so uh, cool that you just got like SPI working, and then it's like okay, no, every display we have works too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I think it's a testament to how we like organized everything so that that yeah. it's uh, kind of nicely organized and things just work once the foundations work. Yeah. Um, so I had a, a little bit to do in making sure that like the displays could work without uh, PWM working, um, but I'll check that in and that'll make it just a bit even easier. Um, and this is using DMA as well. So I, I clocked it up to 40 megahertz uh, on the spy bus. So it Ooh. should be pretty snappy. And then along with that, I actually <laughs> deleted or removed the delay that was slowing us down. So it should be running faster. And at the same time, I boosted the CPU from 160 megahertz to 240 megahertz. Uh, and so if people want to try that out, it's on my current branch. Uh, you can ping me on Discord and I can help you get it going. Um, but hoping to get a PR out uh, either tomorrow or on Friday. So Awesome. Check out my deep dive for that. All right. Good and then you stuff. got another project. I'm going to add the screen here. Yeah. So the other thing I've been working on in my like evenings now is this This is election calendar, uh, electioncal.us. I talked about it, I think, a couple weeks ago, but I've been working on it. And I now have this idea of reminders. So this is the landing page and the next kind of reminder that we have across the whole US, which is not correct because I haven't put all the data in. but. Uh, for the data I have put in. So in Missouri, you have to mail your absentee application so that it's received by July 22nd. Um, and then if you're in a particular state, you can select here, like if you're in New York and the Queens or whatever, now you can see the reminder when you have to mail your application 
for absentee and then also all the different dates that are upcoming. Right. Um, and this is because your primary was yesterday. This is all about the next election uh, that we have in here, which is the general election on the November 3rd. Okay. Outstanding. Thank you so much. Um, for uh, folks that you know pay attention to this stuff, there's so much data that's out there and you can do more stuff with it and being able to get reminders. We just had our primary here in New York and um, I was I, I was beta tester, I think. Scott tweeted it. Uh, I don't know. It, was, it, fe yeah. it feels like it was a couple weeks ago. It was probably like last month because um, <laughs> yeah. time is moving in, in, it's weird. in interesting, now, it's interesting like, ways now. Who knows, um, but it was really helpful and I was able to uh, keep track of everything. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention is if folks work at companies, especially large companies that are kind of on the fence about should I uh, give our team off paid day off for voting? Because you know I hear about this Patagonia company does it and this other company does it. Uh, feel free to email me, pt at adafruit.com. Um, Adafruit's been doing this for a while um, and uh, we thought it was important. US is a little different than the rest of the world. The rest of the world usually uh, voting is like on a weekend or it's a, it's a day off. US, we're gonna probably eventually have that, um, but a lot of companies are, are starting to offer that. But if you need help navigating it with your company, um, some companies that we've helped out with, you know, you could approach it to the, sometimes it's like HR and you say, hey, what would it take? What metric could we hit as an organization? What can we, what could we do together to make this as a paid day off? Um, you know, regardless of what politics people uh, have, having a day off to vote is uh, something I think we can all agree on. Or work on the polls. I yeah. mean, there needs to be more the, poll observers. We need people to like help with voting. Yeah. The process is all volunteer based. So um, anyways, if anyone needs a hand, um, let us know because we have our uh, handbook. We can cut and paste how mm -hmm. we did it. Um, you know, we've talked to employment lawyers before we did it. Um, but you're probably going to see this in the news a lot. Um, there's a lot of companies, especially um, outdoor clothing companies <laughs> that are that are really moving on this type of thing. So um, anyways, thank you so much, Scott. And if anyone needs yep. help about uh, voting coming up, um, how to get it into your company, uh, feel free to drop me a note and I'll share anything I can and hopefully help out. Yeah, and I should just say that you can get JSON feeds of all this stuff too. So if you want to make a Pi Portal project, uh, you can check that yeah. out as well. It's, it's linked to from the page. All right, and Scott, when's your next uh, video show that you're doing? Friday at two. Friday at two, all right, thank you. Uh, and that's two, two Pacific because I'm in Pacific time. All right, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, next up we're gonna go to Melissa. Hello, Melissa, what you got going on? I have a sign here that I have been working on. I showed it off last week, but it was still kind of in the middle of the build stage. But uh, over this weekend, I wrote a little library for it and it makes it really easy to script. Here, I'm gonna run a demo. Uh, so, oh, wow. so I added like animations, shadows, uh, uh, different opacities of the foreground and background. Oh, great. And yeah. It's all <laughs> done with pillow for the That's graphics cool. work. And so I just have it kind of looping right now with four different things, but make it's written in Python. So it's really easy to script. Um, and it also uses this, uh, black led acrylic on here. So if I go ahead and shut it off, you can kind of see it just oh, comes yeah. off as a matte finish. And so this one's made with the little pixel purses, uh, the little LEDs off of those. And I'm going to be publishing a library soon on that. Uh, just kind of need to polish it off at this point. 
and write some examples and stuff. And the other thing I've been working on is I have been moving the PyPortal library so it can run on a Raspberry Pi here. So let me just flip over to this one. And I have a little uh, Bitcoin example here. It's gonna take a second or, or like 10 seconds to run or something like that. I don't see anything. Because it needs to be optimized really, but. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and it even has a little uh, audio. And it takes a few seconds to show the coin. You can do it, Blinka. And there it goes. Wow, so, Bitcoin went up a lot. Yeah. I think it was like 300 more last night or something like that. Mm. So. All right, cool. All right, lots of good stuff coming from Melissa's desk. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you. Thanks. All right, next up, we're gonna go to Noam Pedro. Noam Pedro, what you got going on this week? Hey, what's hey up, folks? Uh, you can't tell, but I am smiling. <laughs> yeah, so this week on 3D Hangouts, Phil, you found this really cool material from Felty um, that they're using to make masks. Uh, they released a kit, uh, I think it was like two weeks ago. So we thought we'd make some 3D printed parts for it. So first off, these little holders, uh, no sewing for these as well. They just clip into the ends here. You just cut like a nine by six and a half uh, rectangle and you uh, press those on. And they, uh, they're they pretty nice. They're actually a little bit uh, thinner than the um, surgical masks with uh, was like 95% um, efficiency on that. And they tout all the rest of the uh, stats on that. But in addition to that, we also wanted to make some magnetic ear savers because why not add uh, magnets to three printed parts? So of course you have the adjusters here. You have these little hooks. You can adjust uh, the size of them. And then we're just using these little magnets that we have in the store to uh, clip those on. Makes it really easy to remove uh, and then put on. <laughs> They're pretty tough. I like they that. Need to be They're always like <laughs> Yeah, I tried a bunch of different sized ones. All right, looks great. Yeah. But yeah, the ones we have in the store are really strong. and definitely suitable for that won't come off and yeah, uh, a couple notes about this um we ran into this company because we've been trying to find a usa manufacturer of uh n95 like material mm -hmm. as close to or more and this is it and it's in the usa great and we also um are still on a search for the best way to manufacture mass in the usa um, you know, it's only been three months, but it feels like a year, but it's been three months yeah. um, since we started on this journey of how would a supply chain work if it was all in the U.S. So this is just one part of it right now. Um, you can get these materials in the U.S. Uh, they used to uh, do air filtering, uh, then they pivoted yeah. to this material. There's a big community of people making these um, masks. And then the next stage is we're going to try to feed it into different types of machines that we would be able to service and or use in the U.S., um, we all remember what happened with the supply chain that's only exclusively in China when uh, all sorts of things happen in March and April. Um, all of a sudden, prices change, availability change. So we wanted to see what was possible. But this is um, a good first step where you can make your own stuff with materials available here in the U.S. So thanks for doing this project. Yeah, and definitely helps to make something that really works with your face because I just got a bunch of these ones from Disney and none of them fit. I got like medium-sized ones. They barely fit my little seven-year-old kid so definitely works to be able to fit them and size them and then try them out before you go out in public with these so yeah 
I like I like yeah. I, I always like no so easily reusable. Yeah. You know, you can you can wash these and then just get new filter material and exactly, you know yeah. just cut up a piece and then put it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talked to a designer in the UK and she said even though the PPE is um, mostly used for healthcare professionals that are women, that's it's well over 50% of the workforce, the PPE was designed for men's faces, so it never quite fit. So she's yeah. starting to do a redesign of PPE. And these are the type of things, you know, if it's, if it's not gonna work for a seven-year-old, it's not gonna work for other people as well. So there's lots of, there's, there's lots of challenges because we've had PPE and like, okay, everybody now, um, use it. <laughs> it, yeah. it just it wasn't in everyone's face literally until now. So I think we'll see some innovation. Wow. So thanks for thanks for yeah, working no on problem. it. No, thanks. Excellent. And then uh, again, 3D Hangouts did a whole half hour on showing all the you have a uh, change the size of these, change the diameter and the dimensions for these. So uh, lots of good design tips there if you want to edit these and make your own. All right. It looks great yeah. too. Thank you, for modeling, Noi. All right, thank well, you so much. I, I can tell you're smiling. I can yeah, tell. I can tell. <laughs> it's all in the eyes. Yeah, yeah I can say it all. Yeah. Bye, thank you, Pedro. All right, next up, paint your dragon. Paint your dragon. What are you doing this week? Hello, great. Uh, well, last week it turned out last week was was Matrix show and tell, and I didn't bring a Matrix project, so I I, uh, I brought it by this week. Dead. I'll switch. Uh, switch. That's okay. You can, you can always follow up. Yeah, so I, I already I already uh, blogged about this, but I thought I would I would show it and tell it. Um, I've been working on the um, the Proto Matter library for these LED matrices, and boy, we support I don't remember like six different chips now or something. And um, you know you, you have to get the timing right on all these different devices, and that involves hooking up a logic analyzer and seeing what's actually coming off the chip, and then adjusting the code to make it do the right thing. Yeah, and, it's so timing specific, like it's incredibly sensitive. Right, and having to do this again and again for six different chips and then hooking up not just the matrix, but the logic analyzer, there's all this just super fussy wiring you have to do. And uh, you can see my wires are, they're, they're falling off now. No. Um, it, it gets really stressful just having this thing on your desk that you breathe wrong and your wires are gonna fall off. And yeah. So I finally, finally um, made some adapter boards uh, that it's just a pass through, you know, here's the input to the matrix and here's the end that goes to the microcontroller. And this guy sits in the middle and you take these connectors off the logic analyzer and you just, you just plug them in and it saves so much time and it's a real solid connection. It's not gonna fall off. Um, there's actually two of these that, that hook on. Um, and I don't know why I didn't do this sooner because, I mean, a logic analyzer costs like thousands of dollars. And why am I sitting here playing around with jumper wires when I can, you know, the little adapter board, it's, it's, uh, it's just, um, just headers. It's a totally passive thing. So I finally got around to do that, made the little adapter boards. Uh, it works as a pass through on the cable, or you can just plug it with a different uh, with a different socket on it. Yeah. It straight into I like the main. doing that. I like the little like back socket trick. Yeah. So that's one option. Or if you're okay with with the data being not in sync with the signals, if you're just trying to get like your clock and latch right, you can hook up on the output side of the matrix, 
And uh, you don't even need the ribbon cable in that case. You can just hook, hook the logic analyzer up to that. And uh, this is such a huge time saver and I am just kicking myself for not having done this. So you should celebrate that you've done it now. Yes, exactly. Cause I want to like go in there and do a big refactor on that code and, you know, fine tune the time, all this stuff I've done, I have to go in there and do it again, basically. Yeah. And so I am happy now that I at least have these adapters and I can be hooked up and developing, you know, in seconds instead of stressing out over this garbage again and again. So okay. I, feel like, I feel like you need to make like a scene on TV. It's like, is this you? And it's like, there's jumper wires. Everywhere. <laughs> it's exactly. Yeah. It's the, up the Peter dragon. Yeah. Our cleaning supplies. Order, yeah. order now and get two for nineteen ninety-five. I glued these together and turned them into a boat. Yep. So anyway, uh, the little Osh Park PCBs. I got three of them. It was like ten bucks or whatever. And it's like, all right. And people can find the files on the blog post, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, just search on the blog post for the matrix sniffer thing or whatever. And if now the, these connectors might be very specific to the Rigol mix signal oscilloscope that I have, I'm not sure. Well, they can remix them. That's what's so great about. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You you get the the Eagle files and you can make whatever whatever variant you need. So uh, right. okay. that's why. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Philby. We'll see you next week, perhaps. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Next up. All right, Liz. Next up, Liz. Hello, Liz. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you? Good. I'm just going to share my screen really quick. Uh, okay. Uh, so I've been um, blinking uh, LED here. Um, it's a really simple circuit, just uh, two transistors, two caps, and four resistors. Uh, and the reason why is uh, when you guys showed the copper um, like sheets, like I think it was like three weeks ago in New Prox, um, I had just gotten a cricket recently. And I mean, it was like, I wonder if you could cut a circuit out with that and like make a paper circuit. Uh, so I first did this one, which uh, the traces were a little too small, but it was like proof of concepts. So that was good. Um, and then today I got some thicker traces going and I think this will work well. Um, and right now I've just kind of put the LED in so that it'll be getting power and grounds and it's working. Uh, so I'm gonna try to get the components in and hopefully have next week to show you guys um, working on the paper. Uh, That's cool. So you, you cut yeah. it out on the, the Cricut cutter and then yeah. you peel it off and peel it on. You have like a transfer method. Yeah. So what I did um, was I actually on the paper, I also cut out the holes from the, the circuit and also used a Sharpie to draw the traces. So then mm -hmm. I can place the copper in there, kind of like almost like putting in a decal. Um, so that worked pretty well. And um, using Eagle, I exported a DXF, um, brought it into Illustrator, turned it into an SVG, and then brought that into Cricut. And then with a little cleanup, um, it works It works pretty well, so. Okay. Wow, that's yeah. super cool. One project that um, got put on pause, but I hope to resume one day is we got um, copper sheets with sticky back and I wanted to have a Cricut cut them out and then put them carefully on a plane of glass and then use that. So if you get to that before I do, please do. Um, but otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, that is a project down the road. That I thought that'd be pretty neat because you can maybe have like a glass piano, suspend you know glass panes. Yes. And, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, if you got that machine, go for it. 
if you got cool. time. Okay. All right, thanks, Liz. Right, thank the Copper Cricket Circuit. Do I say that? Copper, Copper, Copper Cricket Club. Copper Cricket Circuit yeah. Club. Okay. Okay, next up, uh, Mohib, how's it going? Hey. Good, how's it going? Can you hear me? Welcome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I got a couple of things. I'm going to go ahead and plug this in so it boots up. So I just published a uh, new post on uh, making a uh, talking quote display. Uh, to get um, uh, sp uh, speech synthesis on a circuit pi or Adafruit Pi portal using CircuitPython. So uh, what it's doing uh, right now is it's going to make a request to a serverless backend I've set up uh, that uses Amazon Poly to generate uh, the audio file as an MP3 file, store it uh, in S3, and then the Pi portal downloads it and then plays it. So. I don't know if you guys heard that or not. Yeah, yeah that's that was neat. great. So it, it, it uses Poly to generate an MP3, and then you just use the built-in MP3 playback to play it after you cache it on the... Uh, you don't stream the MP3, you, you actually store it and then play it. Yeah, so I, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole trying to figure out... Oh, it also plays quotes. Yeah, so right now I have it picking quotes that uh, relate to equality. Okay. Uh, and so, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so I tried to do the whole streaming thing and I couldn't figure out because doing audio and network stuff on like secure HTTP stuff is, is a whole rabbit hole that I went down for a while. And yeah. uh, at one point uh, I had made this so that it worked off of AWS IoT. So it was more asynchronous where you would publish a message and then once it was synthesized, it would update, but then I couldn't also download the file uh, because uh, I guess I couldn't have a MQTT socket open and do uh, a web request. So, but mm -hmm. in the process, I did find a, uh, there was a bug in the, or there was a, a AWS IP, uh, the newest certs missing from the Nina firmware. So thank you for le letting that uh, uh, pull request get merged. Uh, so AWS IoT works again on the pipe portal. I also got another project. I swear it's not a bomb. Uh, <laughs> I, I've gotten in trouble for cardboard electronics projects in the past. Uh, so this is also at the pipe portal. Um, I haven't added the cloud part yet, but it's basically like a lockbox where you can text. Cool. You would type in a phone number and then it would text uh, like a one-time password. So I'm just going to unlock this real quick. Okay. So I just hit unlock on it. So. It's got a, uh, this is, I literally wired this together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so then a bunch of masking tape. Uh, and then you would type in the number and then it would lock and then that person would have the code to then unlock it. That's cool. Huh. Yeah, and uh, I'll share my screen real quick. Uh, oh, I see some like static. Yeah. This is, it, this is like uh, yeah. Tron. I'm like I'm getting beamed into the matrix now. Huh. Yeah, it's a uh, hey, here. I'm gonna just. Uh... I'm committed to this now. Yeah. <laughs> <One second. laughs> um, while while you're going, where could folks find out about these projects? 
Yeah, so uh, I have my screen shared. Can we uh, pull that? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so I have the blog post uh, that runs through it all on the Amazon Compute Blog or the AWS Compute oh, Blog. Cool. So that walks through all the setup, uh, how the backend works. Uh, it's one-click deploy, so there's no like having to go in and manually uh, figure things out. Uh, I've made like a nice application template for it. And then you just drop in the CircuitPython code and uh, fill in some of the parameters that'll, or the uh, resource outputs. Uh, and it's also all on GitHub. Uh, cool. So This is also uh, a neat side effect. We didn't, you know, I didn't think of this application when we added MP3 playback, but yeah, you know, a lot of audio, audio services are gonna give you an MP3 output, yeah. whether it's a voicemail or a message or a text-to-speech. Oh yeah, and uh, I, I tried initially to do it as WAV files, but they tend to get larger yeah, than uh, right. MP3. So this uh, saved me. A, I like I didn't know I, I like found it. Uh, I was so happy when I found it because I had tried to do all this in Arduino and figuring that all out, and then I found like oh somebody added MP3. It's yep. just like in there in the docs, and it works. Right. Uh, it just yeah. works. Okay, patent ended, so we we've added it. Ogvorbis next. Yep. Somebody wants oh, yeah. it. Oh, and. Um, I wanted to drop a mention of, so I have a YouTube channel, hack.build. Uh, if you go to that link, hack.build, it'll take you to the channel. Uh, was it last week? We did a um, Black and Stem live chat. So I had a, a couple of old colleagues from a previous life uh, come in and chat along with uh, Odd J, uh, if you know him, does cool robot stuff. And yep. we talked about kind of the issues around uh, being a person of color in the tech industry, uh, what are common things, and what people can do to be better allies and comrades and uh, what uh, employers can do to help make the, make it a more psychologically safe environment. Um, so please, if anybody has some time, go watch that video. Yeah, subscribe. Yeah, not only that, yeah. can you drop me a email PT Adafruit and we have an entire section of our site devoted to diversity, inclusive activities and more. Um, I'll drop that in there as well so folks can check it out. Ah, thank you. Absolutely. Right. Awesome. Hey. Uh, okay. So I, and well, I will so email you. As, when we get back to stickers, we'll send you a bunch of stickers. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> that right, was super worthy. Okay. Next up, we're going to go to Tim. Hey, Tim. And then Tim's screen here. And then we got two more people after. I'll just give you the bane of all video chats ever, remembering when you're muted. So you might hear a little uh, music in the background. That's actually coming from this uh, radio here. So this is an old vacuum tube radio by Zenith that I inherited. It has seven tubes in it. And just a little tip, right? Any old electronics that contain electrolytic capacitors, usually they have uh, gone bad by this point. And in some of these old electronics, they actually stuffed uh, three values of capacitor into a single can. That's what this um, large cylinder at the sort of center of the picture is. Um, yeah, and that's what the underside of the chassis looks like um, with nice point-to-point -point wiring. And then here I am uh, just uh, disconnecting the, the bad electrolytics, which are typically used for like power line filtering and, and anti-ripple. So the values, you know, they just need to be close, but a lot of the older capacitors use um, literally paper as the uh, dielectric, and, and that doesn't hold up after a number of decades. So, uh, sorry, I got these from Mauser, not from not from DigiKey. Don't, That's don't okay. <laughs> so, it's all part of the family. Yep. 
uh, and then that's what the radio looks like uh, back together. So it's mostly working, but uh, you know, it uh, actually plays music now. Has a you know maybe a couple of other smaller issues, but um, just something for any older electronics out there. Electrolytic filtering capacitors, probably good matter of course to just go ahead and uh, spend a couple bucks and replace them. Um, and that's uh, that's what I got. Yeah, when we had um, what's his name here with the uh, scanto microscope. It was almost all capacitors. It's just stays, yeah. stays my, jo my joke when Lady Eight is working on a project and it's not working out or something, I'll be like, you should add a capacitor. And like sometimes I'm right. Like one out of ten times, one I see. Ten it, times. it seems like I know what I'm and talking it's about. Like, wow. so, you know, you should really add a capacitor. Yeah, you'd think minus twenty plus eighty percent would be pretty pretty wide for most electrolytics, but sometimes they can be way outside of that and and not working at all. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Tim. This looks like a beautiful project. Nice work restoring it. Come by with more projects. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tim. All right. Up. Next up, we're going to go to created by Jeremy. And then Hi, after Jeremy. that, we're going to go to Matt. Hey. Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy's got a workbench here. This is great. I have a, uh, it, it's the man cave. If I can have it in the room, I can own it. Okay. That's the wife's rule. <laughs> okay. So this is um, not showing very well. Um, this is a um, touchscreen controlled um, power center for um, uh, Alexa controlled. It's cellular though, and on the back you've got uh, power outlets and USB outlets. And the cool thing is you can control it with Alexa over a cellular connection. Huh. It uses an AT&T their new NT um, IoT SIMS, which um, it's a 64k connection. It's thirty dollars a year. Um, yeah, no, it's amazing. They're like they is, found yeah. a good alternative to two G. And um, yeah, and so one of the problems I had was though that uh, the latency is so high on it that it changed some of the code so that it would, uh, you know, store variable and then run through would you when you did the loop, run through the code. Um, it's written in particle, um, so it's kind of Arduino-ish, right? So yeah, particle boron. Yeah. And um, so, um, but it's, uh, there's also a lock on it. So when we have, you know, anything that's Alexa controlled, this is supposed to control network gear. See if I can get it. That's just horrible. Yeah, oh. I see it. And then, but tell Protocol about it, because they always want to see cool projects if you haven't shown yeah. the dev team there. Yeah, no, I wrote a I wrote a library and a uh, bridge for Alexa. Great. Um, so you can do like Alexa and like six lines of code. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it, it's uh, um, first attempt at a at a cellular device. Really uh, kind of fun little project. So. All right. Well, excellent right work. Well, the only thing that you're missing from your room there, and you have plenty of room for. Um, although there is a lot of stuff in there as a sticker, as we get back to being able to send out stickers more, just drop me a PT Datafruit and we'll send you an SC Gnome Show and Tell sticker. Yeah. Well, that would be awesome. It. Yeah, it's funny. All it's right. like at first you're like, is that a real background or is that Photoshop? There's so many times. I, I, I get that all the time, actually. It's like, is yeah. that a Zoom background? I'm like, no, see? It's, no, these it's, are yeah, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, that's the thing now. You have to shake your camera to prove that your background's real. I know, right? Oh, thank, you, <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jeremy. Come by again as you do more projects. We'd love to see them. All right. Next Matt, up. play us out. Hey, How's Matt. it going, Matt? Hey, everyone. This is super cool. Hey. Um, 
So I've been working on this uh, Heliostat project since the beginning of the coronavirus, I guess. And um, basically, a Heliostat is like a mirror system that tracks the sun and then bounces light at a particular target throughout the day. And so um, here's just, this is the sensor rig and the sun basically just set. And so it's not, it doesn't have direct sunlight at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, but this is the sensor rig, there's four light sensors. Um, and then here's the Arduino and the electronics back there. And then uh, there's a central pivot and servo back there and then another servo up top there. And so, yeah, basically the, um, the sensor will track the sun depending on a bunch of conditions. And then you can't really see it anymore, but up at the very top of the garage, if you can kind of see that little piece of light, um, that's where the sun is being directed right now. And I have like some pots so I can determine where the position is to the target. And uh, just been working on a lot of stuff to try to kind of smooth it out, dealing with 270 servos and like millisecond control and all that kind of stuff to get the resolution that I need. And so it's been a super project and um, just working it so that I can uh, daylight my interior spaces without having to turn on the lights. Oh, that's so interesting project. Yeah, what a it's cool good, idea. Yeah. It's, I was thinking like, is this like a solar panel or like a solar oven? But yeah, you just want to like get more sunlight into your workspace. That sounds like a great yep. project. And I love the detail of the wooden build there. It's or plastic. I can't quite yeah, tell the material. That's but cool. it's, you can tell yeah. it's it's so well designed. You spend a lot of time and love on this project. Yeah, it's uh, it's been super fun. So thank you all for like providing the opportunity for like all this, you know, these resources and, you know, a place to share this stuff. It's super cool. Yeah, that's a nice cool. robot friend that brings you light. We yeah, always we, robot friend. we always try to come up with robot friend ideas because we don't really do like you know battle bots and stuff like that. That's yeah. not robot friend. It reminds me of um, little helpful robots in Interstellar that we're always trying to help you out. Like, in the, anyways, uh, thank you so much, Matt. Um, as we uh, get back to shipping stickers because we're shipping all of the um, orders and more, um, just drop me a note at some point in the future, and uh, we'll send you out a sticker. You can put an SC on show and tell sticker for your your light robot. Right, cool. Thank you so much. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. That's our show. And that's our show until tonight. That's right. We have another show coming up. We do at 8 PM. It's ask an engineer. So don't um, go anywhere. Thank we you. Go the coffee come back. Thank you so much, everyone for making this the best hour of our week, every single week. And uh, just to go along with the last theme, um, there are dark times, but the light can come. That's right. And sometimes the robots help bring in the light. That's and sometimes right. we, build the robots that help bring in the light. And that code, that, that beautiful, those words that turn into math, that turn into actions, those are the things that we share, those are the things that we do together. And these projects that you see are a good example of people making physical things, people taking code, being able to move servos, being able to make light come out of things, rainbows shooting out of LCD panels. Um, you know, if you're uh, looking around for stuff to do, look at the playlist on YouTube of old show and tells. You'll just see people do projects week after week. You'll see some people, because we've been doing this for 10 years, going from a 10-year-old to a 20-year-old. That's always a trip when you see someone, they go from kid to adult, yeah. and they, you see their their projects over time. So thank you so much, everyone, for being here. We'll be here next week, 7 p.m. Eastern time, every single Wednesday. This is Show and Tell. Ask an Engineer starts in about 10 minutes. Thank you, everybody. Hey, everybody. See you soon.